We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Underworld Stack Fest. I'm back. I'm not buying for, but I'm back for one more show before the season's over. And I'm thrilled to be here. I think I can say Happy New Year. I don't know if that's like too premature, but since we're almost there and I probably won't see you guys again, Happy New Year. I'm the Looch. I'm here with Dario and Matt. It's good to, it's good to be here. We got a crazy slate and I'm excited to dive in. So, uh, Dario, Matt, what's going on, fellas? Good to see you. No one in your living room back there. No, no, uh, everyone, we're, we're, everyone cleared out for the holidays or what? Offense. No, that, that's the running joke that like a couple of us use this virtual background sometimes, so we all live together. So all the roommates, the Roto Grandis roommates are out, uh, you know, working for the day, and uh, they stuck me at home, just wrapped up my piano lessons behind me. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about what we're gonna do with the Chiefs and maybe some NFC North business. So I didn't know I was walking into like a cold, stale joke there. <laughs> no. You're good. Oh man, what's going on, guys? It's good to see yeah, you. I, I was gonna say, I think you can. I, I, I'm on. I'm of the opinion you can say Happy New Year because it's the 30th. Like once you've got that three in the front, it's really like the month is over. Therefore, the year is over. 
That's that's my stance. It's happening, uh, guys. It's 2023 is <laughs> happening officially. It feels like this is a running stale like take as well, but it, it still feels like we're adding on to 2020. I feel like I just feel like the world kind of just melted from 2020 on to now, and now you know now that's we're a new seeing... take to me, man. I haven't heard seeing... that. I haven't heard that it's all three oh, four I mean... years has been one big shit uh, year. <laughs> My generation likes it's to like say a thousand it's days. Been, that's like a thousand days of crap. I get it. Been like I like it. I'm six done. years of crap thousand, since like 2016. In the, in the, in the back uh, seat in uh, the rear view and we'll move on. I like it. I mean, th- this week kind of started off crap because we had Thursday night football with Josh Dobbs and, you know, backup running backs for Dallas and just, oh. Gosh, and it just gets wonkier, you know. I I know I'm like wearing the bind four hat, so like in terms of best ball, the Cardinals were the look ahead stack this team for the I know. Play- for the playoffs, <laughs> and now we're getting updates that like David Blau starting, and uh, I have DeAndre Hopkins in the season long everywhere, so I that kind of shot me in the foot with McSorley starting. That's just blah, six years of crap. You're right, Dario. This sucks, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. So. Yeah, you know, someone's got to talk about week seventeen, even if, no matter how ugly it gets. Yeah, my yeah. my my all my Pollard teams got hurt. I'm hurt. I'm down. Oh I'm yeah, hurting. I definitely accidentally left him in some lineups. It was a real world's smallest violin moment for me. Yep. Yep. This is one of the more like messier fantasy playoffs in any format you could th- it's just ridiculous with kyler jalen hurts teams derrick henry getting load managed before the jaguars game tony pollard obviously killing a lot of people too deandre hopkins you know obviously not being relevant i mean i have cooper cup and ir in a lot of places are just not relevant and it's just this is a really messy couple of weeks and uh there's only a couple of enticing games on the main slate but i think uh, the good games are going to be good, if that makes any sense. So I know we have a lot of interest in the NFC North as a whole. So, uh, Dario, you want to elaborate a little bit? We could dive Yeah, in sure. I, I think that this show, you know, we, we'd like to talk about the biggest, juiciest games for stacking. And I think this week there's some pretty clear ones in the NFC North. you got the Lions and the Bears and the Vikings and the Packers. I think we can talk about the Lions and Bears first just because that one does have the highest total, the two chalkiest quarterbacks. So I think that's probably going to be where a lot of the DFS attention lies this week. I think that a lot of the pieces on the Lions are very much in play because the Bears defense has just been completely horrendous the last few weeks. And I think the Bears side of things is a little trickier because Chase Claypool is questionable. Equinemius St. Brown just got off the injury report. Khalil Herbert is back, so David Montgomery doesn't quite have the same stranglehold on that backfield that we've seen for the better part of the last few weeks. So I think the Bears side of things is a lot messier. Do you guys have any thoughts on that game from the jump? Uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) I just... I I want I want to play a lot of fields. I, I just want to do the inverted uh, field stacks whenever possible, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the theme, isn't it? Right? I mean, it's just I just wish I'm just I wish we had Darnell Mooney, dude. Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, 
I was talking about this with some friends last night. It's like the the amount of or really the lack of weapons that Fields has to throw to and like Darnell Mooney is like a wide receiver two on a, on a good NFL team and he was oh. their wide receiver one and then they're they're just like completely like left empty-handed. I think that Cole Komet is probably the primary stacking partner you want to look toward for Fields. Like he's been getting a pretty solid target share especially the last few weeks. He's at about 20% on the season, but I think it's higher if you just look at since Darnell Mooney was injured. Yeah, Darnell Mooney, who had 140 targets last year and close to 1,500 air yards. I just want to say that. I just got to say it, man. God damn it. It would be so epic. If they finally unlock, the moment they unlock fields, Mooney goes to the IR. Really, really bad luck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe we're we're looking ahead already to maybe a ooh a, a best ball value in twenty twenty three. What do you think of that? Ooh, I would have just uh, cued into something there. Yeah, it's funny. Sure. It's funny to think yeah. we were drafting Mooney in like the fifth, sixth round turn when Fields was like completely forgotten about in best ball. But you know, live and you learn. You know, I, I, I the game makes sense. The lines defensively they give up the highest percentage of target share to receivers at the sixth highest success rate, who those receivers are going to be like we just talked about. I don't know. While they don't give up a ton of targets to tight ends, they give up the highest success rate uh, to tight ends. So there you go. Fields has kind of been glued to commit at times in the second half. So I think Let's that's a, a pretty great take. I, I like it. I mean, yeah, Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney, man. Yeah. And, the you know according to our player pages the lions give up the most points to opposing quarterbacks on the ground so that that's probably partly juiced up by the fact that Justin Fields ran for 167 and two touchdowns on them last time they yeah, played it's each because other because of fields dude <laughs> like but, they give up that many fantasy points to rushing quarterbacks because of the last time they played fields <laughs> So, it's almost too easy. so Fields is getting them again. Well, that's yeah, uh, Fields you know. is getting them again. This, this, this is the easiest stack of the year. Like Fields, Komet, and then you do, you know, you could you could put two Lions receivers in there. Right. I think you know, this is a week where Amon Ra is the chalkiest receiver on the slate, and for again? good reason. Yeah, I mean, the the Bears have been eaten alive by slot receivers, and Amon Ra has an absurd target share. In his offense, even though, I mean, Jamison Williams, I think they, they've been working him up pretty slowly. So he hasn't really gotten to the point where he's like really carved into the offense and made a dent in Amon Ra. But that also means, hey, man, Chark... this isn't even that big of a of a of a of a, of a chalk uh, percentage at this point. I'm looking at the projected ownership mm-hmm. on Roto Grinders uh, per Chris Gimino, 19.5 percent. I've seen it up in the high 20s on Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Week yeah. over week over week. This isn't this that chalky. This week is actually interesting because there's so many more games on the slate. So that's, that's I think right. that's a big part of the reason for that. So I like it a little more now. God, Amon Ross at 30%. Oh, it was just so crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got 54 targets over the last five games. So he's literally averaging 10 targets a game these days. And you know, he's not going to have the highest a dot, but he's going to get the red zone looks. And like we said, this defense is just really prone to getting carved up by slot receivers. So, I mean, I think you, like you said, if you're doing the inverted field stack, take fields, take commit, 
take Amon Ra and then maybe, I mean, I think Chark might be a little too, I mean, he's, he's about seven, 8% owned, but like, I think you could get unique with Chark and like a Swift or something like that. Or I don't know. There's, there's a lot of interesting options there on the Lions side of things. I mean, Shane Zilstra caught all three of their touchdowns last week. That was the most tilting thing I've ever seen. This tight end who had had been the backup tight end for the better part of the time since TJ Hawkinson had departed, all of a sudden comes in with not one, not two, but three touchdowns, the entire uh, day's worth of touchdowns for the Lions. That was like, yeah, that was massively tilting. Well, Chark's route participation rate has remained consistent, right? Mm-hmm. It's been 80%, 84, 86, 79, 85, 81, 82. His snap share has been consistent right around 80. Yes. Nothing's changing. Give me Chark. Give, Give me, me Chark. Chark. This isn't this isn't fringy at all. I mean, if Eric were here, he'd be all over Chark. He'd be his play mm-hmm. of the week. I'm looking at Gridiron <laughs> IQ on Roto Grinders. 34%. Of his targets have been twenty plus yards received. Like that's just a ridiculously dumb a dot. And the yeah, Bears' and touchdown to rate's most, not that high. It and, should and be higher. Up, the Bears have given up the fifth most targets of twenty plus yards downfield. I mean, give me splash play shark at what forty three hundred on D or forty seven hundred on DK yeah, something I, like that mid fours. I mean, seven point six percent owned sounds about right. It's top twenty among wide receivers, and we we talked about it because the slate's so deep. Is going to be lower percentages across the board, so he is, you know, even sub ten percent. That's in the top twenty. That still feels like uh, you, you could get unique. You could you could juice that up to fifteen percent. That the mm-hmm. way we do things, we pick a, a, a few teams and a few games, and we, we stack them up. Um, and uh, on the plays we like, we we try to double the ownership, so double the exposure to to the field. Fifteen percent shark at least. I I love that call. I think it's great and right. If you're multi-entering, you don't you don't have to feel terrible going in with with a script of maybe a hundred teams, and you have fifteen DJ Chark teams, and you're fine, and you have some leverage, and you, you know you don't have to feel too uncomfortable about it. No, you feel great. No, you feel awesome. Like you go 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 up to twenty percent. Again, it's not risky. It's not fringy. This isn't like oh, Jamison Williams is back and we've seen a downtrend in his snap share and his usage. No, it's been the same. He's getting a hundred yards every week. Yeah, I agree. I tell you what though, I am glad you that they sauce Gardner. Okay. And yeah, that didn't work out. Sacrificed so well. him to sauce that right, week. Right. They, 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 yeah. He sacrificed himself at the altar of sauce Gardner. And then he's been a hundred yards every otherwise. I can't argue that. Nothing, nothing not to like for sure. Yeah. No, but, I will tell you this about Detroit. I'm, I'm glad the new year is approaching because thankfully I'm running out of weeks to chase DeAndre, DeAndre Swift because I know. I just, I just keep playing well, him. I'm, well, I'm a big talent guy. If you're going to give me 50% of snaps and a guy that talented, I just, you know, I have to keep playing him, right? Like, yeah, I, I think that oh, makes it that kind of brings us to Khalil Herbert, I think, as, as an interesting pivot because Khalil Herbert actually, even though his stat line was pretty unimpressive last week. He did play about almost 40% of the snaps for the Bears, and we know that he has been the more talented back than David Montgomery. He's obviously way cheaper in DFS. He's only 4,000, and he's pretty much completely off the grid in ownership. I think if I told you guys that one of the Bears running backs was going to break a 60-yard touchdown, I think we'd all agree 
that it would be Herbert. I think that given the matchup, given the return to his pretty typical usage, I'm not totally out on sprinkling a little bit of Herbert from this game. What do you guys think on that? You, I love doing that. I loved it. You know, you all loved it. I, I was I was pushing uh, Kareem Hunt when it wasn't uh, a thing. <laughs> Even right? when I gave and, up and, on and him. And it didn't work. Like, it, was, it wasn't, it didn't work that particular week. But I was pushing him, you know, after everyone else was 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 long, long past using Kareem Hunt. I still go back to that well because, yes, it's a low probability play. But when you're in these big tournaments and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the payout is extreme, if you hit the nuts, well, yeah, you got to you, you got to play guys that if they get in the game due to an injury, a high ankle sprain in the first quarter to David Montgomery, they can put up 30 points. That's the kind of, you know, one B running back that Khalil Herbert is. There's a handful of those guys around the league, right? It was a, 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 that was the original case for Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. right? That was the original case for Tony Pollard before they started actually using him enough to be have standalone value. It was, well, if Dallas is going to be in the shootout and, you know, Zeke gets hobbled in the first quarter, second quarter, Tony Pollard could, could go nuclear. You want to sprinkle some of him in just in case. That's an outcome that happens every week in the NFL. And w- when you're in a, a tournament with you know, tens of thousands of entries, a couple Herberts in there always makes sense if it's a game that we like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we don't have to mention that the you know Lions run defense has been bad for the better part of the year. There was, you know, there was a, it's funny because this was an interesting argument going into last week against the Panthers running backs. The Lions run defense had just gotten so hot and they were, you know, stopping everyone on the ground. I think they were the best defense against the run in EPA per play over the course of like weeks 13 through 15. And then what do you know? They get absolutely gashed by Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. So I think that was bit of a lesson in not reading too far into tiny sample sizes. And I think overall, this is still a team that other teams are going to want to run on. We know the bears are obviously built run first. So yeah, I think like I'm probably more inclined to play Herbert than Montgomery considering ownership and cost. You just might as well take the cheaper one. Wow. Really more than, okay. All right. Well, Antonio Gibson was ruled out, so now we have Brian Robinson. Oh, wow. also officially out. Yeah, yeah, Brian Robinson at five point two k on DraftKings. I knew he was trending in the wrong direction, but yeah, that's definitely news. Right, so that's going to be another inexpensive option that's going to flood the zone because you know they're oh oh look who they're facing. It's, it's Cleveland at home. I mean, it's like it's the Brian Robinson week that you've ever been hoping. It, Brian Robinson's this is like his moment. Absolutely. So, I I mean I I love the volume. I, he just hasn't impressed me as a runner. Like when I've watched him run, he just he just runs straight and puts his head down. And I, and I understand like that's fine, but like the volume and the opportunity is going to be there. I just, you're you're looking at hundred. You're trying to get the, the hundred yard bonus uh, and and, and, and yeah, the and a touchdown. That's what you're yeah. trying to get, mm-hmm. right? Then you can get to take twenty fantasy points. I'm just disappointed because Gibson's the better runner, and like we saw this back since like July in training camp when they're like, well, he'll return kicks for us. Why is he returning kicks for you? You know, but oh, man. I don't, I don't, I don't You're know. Tilting what... at windmills at this point. I mean, this <laughs> yeah, is like, yeah. I mean, I don't even, that... don't even get yeah. us started to play a think... profile or about Antonio Gibson versus <laughs> Brian Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> like, Brian Robinson's not cool, man. 
Um, yeah. But before, before we transition, though, I mean, even even without fields, just for large field tournaments, like Herbert and DJ Chark together kind of gets me excited because you have a world of salary at a combined like, well, we, we have Herbert at like no ownership right now. I'm sure maybe that'll pick up a little bit because that game uh, is going to catch up, you know, get some more steam. But I mean, if you're going to get those guys does like this, dude, they never let they never let the the quality one B running back dip down to 4k they never let that happen even when you know particular running backs are dominating the 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 starter is dominating the touches they will always hover if that one b is a quality player they'll always hover him in that whatever the 5k range yep you're never getting 4k on a on a player as talented as khalil herbert it's weird. I'm, I mean, I'm very happy they did it. It's, it's almost like a glitch in the DraftKings system. It's almost like a throwback to like, you know, 2015. Yeah, I know. I think that that skinny stack is really nice. I love pairing Chark with Herbert, hoping this game. I mean, this game projects to go pretty big, but it, it could go totally nuclear. And I think they would definitely get involved in the scoring. Yeah, look and, at it. They have Madison yeah. at 4.5. They've got Kareem Hunt at 4.5. They post these guys up at four point five at the very least. I mean, that it, it used to be they post them up at five zero, but now that running backs production is down, it's coming down. But that they would let Herbert go all the way down uh, to the Stone Men is wild to me. Both guys have pretty high ceilings for home run hitters in this game. At you mm-hmm. know a combined like seven percent projected ownership to get a to get a piece of that game with guys who should be playing significant roles on both offenses is is worth a couple of shares. Right. I'm and, so happy that Dario said he had more Herbert than Montgomery. That, like, that makes me so happy they would say that. Oh, my God. D- Dario's not that guy. I'm that guy. So this <laughs> makes – this is great. Look at that. I come on the show and I bring everyone together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is fantastic <laughs> news. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, guys, I think – yeah, with, with that, we should probably talk about the other half of the AFC North – which is the Packers and the Vikings, another, you know, very exciting game, kind of Packers obviously playing for their season, same as the Lions are. And then obviously these teams hate each other. They played each other in week one. And that was the game where Christian Watson dropped the 75-yard bomb on the first play for the Packers. Justin Jefferson absolutely scorched the Packers defense. And, you know, a lot has changed about these teams since, but, Surprisingly, the Packers are favored in Green Bay, even though they're like, you know, six games behind the Vikings in the standings. Listen, the Vikings have been a controversial take all season from, you know, the betting world. Are they frauds? Are they not frauds? They're like undefeated in one score game. Advanced metrics say this, that, and the other thing. Whatever. The football guys are saying they're winning games, right? They're frauds, dude. They're frauds. They're frauds. It's a shame that the Lions aren't going to make the playoffs. The Lions have to go to Green Bay to close out the season, and they're going to be clear dogs in that game. And the probabilities now crash down like 20% chance they make the playoffs. The Lions, man, I thought they were supposed to make it. They, they're they they're out. win in Carolina. <laughs> They're out. They couldn't beat Carolina. Speaking of Carolina, I mean, Carolina and Tampa Bay are playing each other this week with pretty much their seasons on the line. Whoever wins that game is in the driver's seat for winning that division, which is, I think, probably not a game we'll get around to in in this show, but just an 
another thing I'll be watching this week. I I, I kind of like the Panthers in that game. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks like Christian Watson, I mean, I think he's kind of the make-or-break piece for the Packers offense in terms of how things shake out. Obviously, he's hyper-explosive if he does play. Had, like, eight touchdowns in four games at one point. And then I think that he hasn't practiced all week with his hip injury. For me, it's always concerning when you see a guy get injured in the first half and then he's in his street clothes on the sideline in the second half. That's, like really doesn't bode well for them playing the following week. And he but, hasn't practiced. Does he practice? Do we have the practice report for today? I don't know if today's is in, but I know he didn't practice yesterday or Wednesday. It looks like they don't have Friday in yet. Yeah. They're on central time. So we'll know soon. We'll know soon. He's, he's li- unlikely to play regardless. Yeah. That's how I see it too. So I think that it kind of, I mean, he hasn't missed a game. In, in a little while now, I think it, when was his last time he missed a game? It was probably like week five or so. Dobbs um, is going to be popular, that, man. Yeah. They're going to go to Dobbs. You know, the, the Brian Robinson people are going to go to Dobbs. You know it. Everybody knows it. They if, yeah, if, I you think, like, if you like Brian Robinson, you like Romeo Dobbs. These are, you know, basically <laughs> Romeo Dobbs is the Brian Robinson of wide receivers. Yeah. He's that's... like, they both run like a four, six four five you know average speed average size just you know, get what's there never do anything special never exceed expectations in any kind of meaningful way it's just the Dobbs actually drops passes so <laughs> it, it, imagine if Brian Robinson also uh, fumbled at the same rate that Antonio Gibson fumbled that would be Romeo Dobbs <laughs> I mean that's I think... why I won't be playing any Romeo Dobbs thank you very much to me the ownership disparity between Dobbs and Lazard is too wide. Like, for example, I'm looking at about 12% ownership projected for Lazard, who should be the number one receiver. But we know that Dobbs has had some pretty nice target share games. He's had games with, I mean, eight targets, eight targets, six, seven. And his projected ownership is below 1%. So I think... Well, that's going to jump up, though, as soon as Watson gets ruled out. I wonder if, yeah, this, uh, let's see if the, yeah, the ownership is still figuring Watson's in. I, you're right. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to jump up. But he's, I mean, he's only 4,700 and Lazard is 5,400. I think as long as Dobbs, Dobbs has, some, he has some games with a hundred plus air yards. He has two yeah. games with a hundred plus air yards. To me, if his ownership doesn't get completely out of hand, I think he's a piece that you want to mix in, in this game, especially because I mean, the Packers running backs. Oh my God. How are we like, how do you, how can you trust Aaron Jones at this point? He's been playing through a shin slash ankle slash knee slash glute injury for over a month. Now he had his worst fantasy game of the season last week. AJ Dillon keeps churning. He's probably going to be more popular because people are completely out on. How about about 10 red zone targets for Romeo Dobbs this year? Holy cow. Is that more than Christian Watson? I feel like Christian. Wouldn't that be amazing? If that were true, I don't think it is that Christian Watson's touchdowns would all come in explosive plays. Thank I God mean, it's not have. true. It's not true. Red zone targets for Christian Watson, 14. Okay. Uh, nine for Dobbs. Dobbs is pretty close. He missed a month too. Right. Yeah. So he missed about that's, that's crazy. But uh, Watson has nine touchdowns, <laughs> which is also crazy. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, Dobbs uh, I mean, touchdown total is not gonna not gonna come anywhere close to that. Uh, so nine red zone targets for Dobbs, three touchdowns. So uh, you you gotta play some. I gotta play some Dobbs. I hate saying that. I hate myself for saying it. I'm almost never playing that guy ever. Yeah, you said this would Vikings be the one frauds. scenario where you would play him. You said the Vikings are frauds. If there's anywhere, I mean, the pass defense is so bad that yeah, you got to play some Dobbs. I, I'm oh. curious. I want to see where the sports books open up his receiving line at. It was 28 and mm-hmm. a half last week. I know Watson got hurt, but his snap share jumped up from 30 percent to 60 percent, which was encouraging to see because they've kind of babied him against the Rams. But clearly, he's healthy enough to take on a a, a good work sizable workload. That I mean, if this thing, if his line opens up in like the 30s, like I'm smashing the over because but we can't pretend he never had a rapport with Aaron Rodgers when Watson wasn't in the picture. It was Dobbs. It was Dobbs for like I mean, even uh, in um even in Dobbs' first game back. I remember people were like, "Holy crap! He's how's he getting more looks than Watson?" I mean, it was just it was a small sample size the first half of that game, obviously. But I think that Dobbs has a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers trust that is ultimately the most important piece of this offense for for any skill player honestly because he runs like half of his routes between zero and, and nine yards and that's what rogers wants to do just like oop, quick slant oop, eight yards nine yards oop, and then he has like seven of those like seven of those catches for like 70 yards and a touchdown and he's probably mm-hmm. awesome, you know but the running back the running back situation does get messy like randall cobb is a 15 point ceiling yeah, I agreed to Randall Cobb. I mean, I think Randall Cobb, those are going to be the three. That's their three receiver set if uh, Watson is out. Yeah, we can. And I guess we can talk about the Vikings side of this game while we got the optimizer here pulled up. Um, obviously, you're playing the Vikings. You're going to play yeah, some I mean, Kirk. The, the bottom line is I, I kind of hate the Packers side of this. It's it's gross. And who the hell is stacking Rodgers? I mean, it's one thing to play a pocket passer. It's another thing to play a pocket passer who plays slow and has some of the worst receivers. Like I just don't see how you can in a in a in a big field tournament. I don't see how you could play Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm not doing it. Right when we're talking about playing Dobbs, we're talking about as a run back on these Cousins double stacks. Like mm-hmm. any yeah. of them, really. Any of you're them. Gonna, you're going to play Dobbs as a run back on Cousins double stacks, absolutely. But I think the the guy I'm going to play the most is going to be Dylan. Right, just, I'm with just you. yeah. Play play Packers taking a ten point lead, and Vikings in comeback mode. Just align your your lineups yeah. to that particular game, right? Because I think script. Kirk Cousins isn't going to win you a tournament if he's playing in a positive game script. Like the Vikings aren't built to beat you purely by throwing the ball. He's not Patrick Mahomes where he's just going to throw for three touchdowns every week, no matter who he's playing against. I think you're right that. You want to play this game as if that game strip is going to happen for your DFS lineups. And then I think that, I mean, obviously Justin Jefferson is like the, you know, the best player in all of fantasy right now. Is that, is that, is that a hot take? Like, I mean, no, he's just been insane lately. What do you mean a hot take? No, he's one of, if not the best fantasy wide receiver of all time. Yeah. He has the highest dynasty value for any receiver in the history of player profiler by a long shot. The difference between him and the next skill position player is as wide as it's ever been for any player in player profiler history in dynasty. Yeah. What he's doing is unreal right now. So I think, I mean, if you're playing Kirk cousins, you're kind of just like 
locking in Jefferson right off the bat. And then I think we could force a double stack here, see what comes out, whether it's like Thielen. I don't believe this. Okay. So Jamino has Aaron Rodgers at 5% owned on the slate, right? Which doesn't sound like a lot, but again, because it's so spread out, that's ranked number six among quarterbacks on the slate. Aaron Rodgers has one game with more than 20 DK points. One game this year. And the total was 30 point or 20.36. Okay. That's not game log watching. Yeah. That's just knowing what you're getting (laughs) or not getting in this case. How many? No, Aaron Rodgers stacks aren't the way to go. How many games of 300? passing yards does Aaron Rodgers have <laughs> it's like this year like duh yeah he is I'll set the and line it, at I'll set no it's zero it's like, zero I'm looking at 291 was his high they want to run the ball like they they, they and that was against Detroit yeah he's not your guy yeah I mean I his think. over his his prop this week is 240.5 oh, the Vikings at home oh. <laughs> I mean the fact that it is at home for the Packers just the weather aspect of it does concern me a little bit more for DFS, right? Like the, these teams are not going to air it out in the same way they would in the dome in Minnesota. So well, I looked at the weather report for Sunday. All right. What do we got? It's amazing. <laughs> it's 37. Ooh. No wind. That is as good as it gets in green Bay uh, on I mean, January 1st. Chance of precipitation. <laughs> it's going to be up to 40 degrees, partly cloudy, eight mile an hour winds. That's pretty nice. That's that's the what can justify the cousins double stacks. Yeah, let let's put in. Should we should we pencil in DJ Shark in the meantime? We'll get one piece yes. from another game we like. Force the double stack. Oh, I like uh, this. I like keep this. A, keep a tight end out of the. Flex. I always like high correlation. I like I'm a, I'm a high correlation guy. And then I don't think we're probably not going to look to stack Dalvin Cook with Cousins, right? We should. Knock out the running back uh, no, stacks. Running back stack. Oh, I definitely want some. Uh, I want some T.J. Hawkinson as as a as a secondary option. Yeah, yeah. We left, we left Hawkinson in. There he there is. is. There he is. I mean, A.J. Dillon, just like we asked for. Oh, Zonovan Knight is Zonovan Knight going to deliver this this week, or is he over? I mean, he's still been getting the work and the snaps. I mean, we're projecting him same as same as the last few weeks. He's he's still clearly ahead of Michael Carter in their offense. And All right. I and mean, they have Seattle. Let's go, Mike. Mike Let's White go, is Zonovan. back. Let's go, Mike White's back. Oh my God, this is a zone of a night week. We're not going to cover that game because that game is actually not that not that interesting. Although it is more interesting with Mike White. Right. It's another. To me, there are three oh, games this week where game, where the like team seasons are on the line. That's the Dolphins and the Patriots. Dolphins are going to have to be playing Teddy Bridgewater there. And both of those teams are playing for their season. Seahawks and the Jets, like you just mentioned, Seahawks need to win out to get that wild card. And the Jets do too. And then the Bucks and the Panthers, like I said, driver's seat for the division is on the line. In that I one. just thought, I, I, dude, I can't believe it. I'm so shocked. I figured, you know, his snap share fell below 40%. Guy delivers two straight 2.3 fantasy point performances. And I figure, no way, no way DFS grinders are on this guy this week. Sure enough, he has a top 10% ownership projection per Chris Gimino. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right. Every, yeah, we always funny. have one of these moments every week where I'm shocked one way or the other. In this case, I'm very proud. Look at this. There's no game log watching here. There's people just focusing on the right details. Gotta uh, tune into the you, signal. If you guys were going to ask me, like, what what stack or did we not talk about that feels gross or like players from that game? I was going to mention the Jets. I mean, they have basically the same team total as the Vikings. It's it's right there, and Garrett Wilson's going to get fed too. I know he is carrying some ownership. Uh, you know, we're looking at like in the teens on him. But I think yeah, I'm sure the optimizer is going to pull in some Garrett Wilson. The optimizer has loved Garrett Wilson all season. Oh, yeah. He's great with Mike oh, White. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. He's been fantastic. So I never thought I'd be saying Mike White makes the Jets go on December 30th of 2022. But <laughs> like oh, the weather's going to be pretty good in Seattle, who, you know, they love keeping the roof open or uh, depending on who's in town. I mean, for, for, for December, you know, for January 1 in Seattle and Green Bay, global warming is really hitting hard for for the north northern part of the country. So. All right, so now I see Miles Sanders, which I also like this week. We'll get to this. We'll get to this game later. He also mm-hmm. has been bad, right? Just because just hasn't 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 gotten the, the the game scripts has been averaging what four fantasy points a game the last two weeks. You're like, okay, people are going to be off him. Oh no, nineteen percent. Yeah, number three most owned running back. Oh yes, people know. Yeah, and then number four on Fanduel. The people know. Oh, they're ooh, they're sad. This is this is good. Wow, Jamino's got good ownership. Either he knows stuff that people don't know, or people know what people need to know. Either way, <laughs> people know what they need to know, and they know the right details this week. And I love it. Keeps forcing in Dylan. There's our Brian Robinson, and look at we got a junk Davis in there. Look at that. Just a junky guy that you know is going to go put up numbers with with Mike. White. And then you get you get the Falcons defense against David. Is it Blau? Blow? Oh it can't be my blow. god! Look at this lineup. <laughs> this is fantastic. 
This is tremendous. You get Keenan Allen against some slot corner for the Rams, who's you know is hanging on to a, to a, you know his, his last you know vestiges of a career. <laughs> I mean, this is perfect. Look at it; it keeps forcing in Hawkinson. It has no choice but to force in Hawkinson. Oh, here we run it back with Dylan. You didn't put Dylan in there. You didn't put Hawkinson in there. Yeah, no, that, they're the default. I mean, here we got a little bit of KJ Osborne. I knew we were going to get some KJ Osborne, as we should. There's our Chris Godwin, very juicy this week. I mean, back this is to Sanders. And by the way, there is a setting on the on the lineup genius where you can turn down the chalk. If you're worried about the Ingram chalk and all this chalk in here with the Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. you can turn the chalk down. We have, but we I have mean, for this that. lineup is. I mean, look at the cumulative ownership on this. This is still pretty far off the map because you've got. I mean. Looks like Dylan is kind of being forgotten about. Kirk Cousins is fading ownership. I mean, really, it could have been. I think once you get over 120 is when you start even thinking about ownership. And this is like so far from that. So I just I think that most of the guys here are going to be chalkier than the ownership. I mean, Osborne's going to have some ownership this week. How can you not play? How can you not play some Osborne this week? You're going to play. You're going to play some Osborne, right? Everybody. Oh, here's our first share of Dobbs as the run back. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, Ebner. What's he doing in there? It says ETN. What? Why did I say? Why do I think it said Ebner? That was the weirdest <laughs> thing. I like it. I like ETN in there too. ETN. Hey, he had three targets. He's one of these days. He's going to have more than three targets in a game. One of these days. But I think most recently he caught them all. So is there, that's, a, that's a good sign. Is there any other variations of Cousins stacks that we should hit before we go on to these other games? No, man. I think I love Cousins double stacks are the way to go. I think that was perfect. And I think that's that's uh, one of the unlocks for the slate are Cousins double stacks. And the other the other is uh, Justin Fields inverted stacks. Where you double stack him uh, with uh, St. Brown and Chark or Chark and whoever. I guess I'm just pretty... Uh, hell bent on if I'm running a Cousins double stack to making sure I have AJ Dillon in there. I mean, I understand that Dobbs fit. You know, you'd really need those. Mm-hmm. You would need that anomaly. You know, red zone target uh, share to come to life. <laughs> I think, but I mean, if Green Bay gets up early, like the odds are pretty good. AJ Dillon's dunking in at least one, right? Like maybe. Oh yeah, two. yeah. Oh yeah, and Dylan Dobbs is not a lot of ownership, not a lot of uh, salary to devote to the right. Packers side of that equation. I think it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's great. And like you said, if the weather is not a concern, which it sounds like it won't be, then I'm far more open to doing a heavier game stack on this game, right? Like you can yeah. play two Packers and a double stack of Cousins, get like some lineups that are especially heavy on this game because the ownership's not out of control. I mean, the, the biggest ownership game is obviously the Lions one, as it seems to be every week. And then I think the ownership's not unreasonably out of control on the Vikings game at the moment. So, and what's wrong with Tunyon, man? I mean, it would be Oof, nice if yeah. Tunyon was any kind of option. That yeah, would be really not. helpful, right? He's just not. He's terrible. I mean, one of if not the worst. I mean, he's he's worse than Gesicki at this point. Yeah, he's basically he and Gesicki are on the same island on vacation right now. But I mean, he's running. What I'm saying, he's running routes. He's running twenty routes a game. What's going on? 
I think it's a good sign that Aaron, I think Aaron, it means Aaron Rodgers has found receivers he trusts, right? Like, I mean, these games where Tunyon would get 12 or, targets. Or you need to sprinkle in a little bit of Tunyon. Or Stranger Things, man. Stranger Things. You guys didn't, didn't Zilstra just have three touchdowns? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about with tight end, man. You might want to sprinkle a, a little sprinkle dabble. People are going to look up like, wait. Which lineup took down the Millie Maker? Tunyon? God damn it. Who the <laughs> hell would have done that? Well, a little bit. You put a couple. Mercedes Lewis caught one last week, right? I mean, yeah. he's, he's still playing Oof. football. Tunyon's out there, man. He's out there running routes. He's a guy that's out there running routes. His route participation is relatively high. He's against a bad secondary. Bad sec, terrible secondary. It's it, they they they're not going to have Watson. It's come on, man. I mean his his raw participation took a, a step down the last two weeks because I think with Mercedes Lewis, but it, it's still fifty percent of the routes he's running routes. He's either on the field, uh, and blocking or on off the field or on the field and running routes. Fifty percent of the time he's running a route of those three choices. He has I mean, one touchdown. That's remarkable. It's Mercedes weird, Lewis right? has two on the season. <laughs> yeah, if I told you that, that Tunyon would have 10 touchdowns this year, knowing who their receivers were, you wouldn't think that's crazy. You'd be like, that's I think that's an outlier, right? That's that's like a Christian Watson level touchdown rate. Okay, that happens, but it's conceivable. Who else are they gonna throw to in the red zone? Randall Cobb, right? Hmm. You could have seen that. A Green Bay passes the ball inside the 10 at the ninth highest clip in the league. How does how does he only have one touchdown? Like it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make, uh, you know what? Tunyon and Jefferson go together. I wanted nice it. I want I really wanted to play Tunyon this week. And then digging into the numbers, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. This is not good. And then I was like, but do tight ends ever tell you when they're gonna score touchdowns? Do they ever does any tight end ever give out a, like a smoke signal? Like this is the week for me. No, you never know. It's so random. Mm-hmm. The only thing with him is, and maybe I'm just digging through the weeds too much. But if I'm playing like super large field stuff, maybe I don't play Tunyon with Dylan because they're both the inside the ten guy. Like that's where they're going to do their damage. I think that's what I'm any- talking about. I'm talking about in in lineups where you wouldn't play Dylan. Right. Like, who gets the red zone touchdowns? Maybe it's like two to Tunyon randomly this week. You never know. <laughs> I mean, like he's out there and that that is his role i mean he's getting more snaps more usage than lewis unless i i mean i haven't really admittedly i haven't really dug into the mercedes lewis usage maybe it's maybe yep. it's maybe they've been running so much to receive two tight end sets that it's been that mercedes no mercedes lewis is only running a route on exactly half the number of uh passing downs of tunyon and his his snap share has actually dropped down from its high of 55% against the Giants. It's now 60% against Dallas. Mercedes Lewis is down closer to 40% the last few weeks. It's not like Lewis has been really offsetting. I just think game plan. And if, we, oh man. Let's, this is, this is. I don't want to get into this too much. I don't want to yeah, talk this people is, into playing this a bunch is, of Tunyon. <laughs> but like a few Tunyon, I'm just saying, with Watson out and wanting to, to yeah. kind of, tilt things tilt toward 
you know, these these cousins double stacks, there's a lot of weird shit that ends up happening. It's kind of like a showdown. Yeah, right, I think where you're you're gonna have a, you're gonna have some random guys that you just you, you sprinkle in. If it's one fifty, right? If you're making one hundred fifty lineups, and maybe twenty five of them are cousins doubles, maybe even a little more, you probably want to have Tunyon in like ten percent of those. Yeah, yeah, two two Tunyons exactly. I, I'll take I, I two just... Tunyons. <laughs> take two touchdowns from Tunyon. I, I mean, yeah, I just think. We talked about Chark and Herbert, and we're talking about Tunyon and like KJ Osborne. That's it's the, not like a Hail Mary. These are plausible ways to get guys who very well could score uh, mm-hmm. at least once you, on you Sunday. You get talked and, into it, man. He, the guy stacks up so many consecutive games with four fantasy points that eventually that game log watching convinces you that he's destined to get four the next time. And then when he gets 14... It's just like, whoa, this is crazy. For what it's worth, Green Bay, according to the Gridiron IQ that we have here at RG, runs this 22nd most three wide receiver sets. And if you're down Watson, why, why would you like continue to roll out three receivers? They run the 10th most two tight end sets, and Minnesota has seen the least amount of two tight end sets. So, I mean, mm. I don't know. Anyway, enough Tanya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw that, and I was like... Not They've fun. also, you notice DraftKings has kept Tunyon's salary above 3.5K. Which There's makes a hard it, stop in the algorithm that he will not go below. I know, which, which tells selling. you, though, but yeah. others have, like Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry. They've all cratered, right? So it's just that's also going to be even harder for people to fit him in because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I have other options. So. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Tanya anymore. I feel like if sometimes I feel like we get the, the, the downside of us focusing, focusing on just a handful of games is that we end up going really deep on a couple guys that don't deserve that level of analysis. It, you know, it's the nature of the beast. I it was funny when, when Justin starts mentioning like, oh yeah, we've talked about KJ Osborne and uh, Khalil Herbert. It's like that, that that's, that's the point of this show. It's a, we got, we, know, we have the 10 minute warning. Yeah. So Eric, we got to, we got to move on. Let's talk about the, let's, can we talk about the, the, the chiefs? Cause we got, we got to talk about Mahomes stacks, right? Yep. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is another week where the chiefs are double digit favorites. They're playing a team that they've, you know, dog walked once already this season. Although, I mean, to be fair, the the Broncos kind of made a comeback in that game. That was a that was a weird one where the Chiefs got out really early, looked like they were just going to completely boat race the Broncos, and then the second half was three Jerry Judy touchdowns and mm. just a bizarro, like somewhat close game in the final score. So I, I think that obviously it's another week where you stack Mahomes. Obviously, you include Kelsey. Juju is very appealing. I 22 that, fantasy points last time he faced the the Broncos. Mahomes? Juju. 22 oh, okay. fantasy points. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And then I think it kind of gets interesting beyond Juju and Kelsey, right? Like, do you sp- sprinkle in Jarek McKinnon, Kadarius Tony, MVS? Is Mecole Hardman going to be active this week? I think if I'm in when I'm stacking Mahomes this weekend, it's probably one of Kelsey or Juju. And then one of the other like rando sort of secondary pieces in the offense. So Tony's snap share went from 6.6% up to 30%. 
his route participation went from seven to 24. So there could be another jump up in route participation this week. It's possible. If you're sort of, if you're applying a trend to what you're seeing. Yeah. I mean, they gave, they gave up a third round pick for the guy. If he's healthy, I imagine he's going to play. I would, I would dabble. I would definitely dabble. I think that the most important thing for Mahomes is like, don't be scared off by all these stats that say, Oh, the, the Broncos secondary has been the best against opposing quarterbacks all season. Like those are the kind of things like you can just say, thank you to that statistic for keeping the Mahomes ownership tiny bit lower than it should be. And you just keep playing him. I think that's like, do you prefer Judy or Sutton as a run back? I think it's hard to ignore what Judy's done over the last couple of weeks. I know that we're, we're very pro Sutton in this, uh, in this building metaphorically, but, if you look at Judy's last three games, his target shares have just been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, week 16, 29%, pretty good, right? Week 15, 30%. And then I think a couple of weeks ago, he had a game with like, it was like 40% of targets, I thought. But he's um, he's gotten, he's averaging 20% over the last five weeks. And I think that he's just kind of been, oh, was, yeah, 30%. And then 20, he's just been the go-to guy in this offense lately. I think that's hard to ignore. And Cortland Sutton, I mean, he had his first game back from injury last week. And he only played 66% of snaps, ran 32 routes, which was third most on the team. Or no, sorry, 70, 36 routes. He also had 20% of the targets. I think they're both in play. I've I haven't checked yet what the how much chalk there is on one or the other. It looks like three and a half percent projected ownership for Judy at the moment. Sutton, that seems that seems a little low to me. Sutton's Sutton's up over ten. Because the, the salary people love salary that salary, difference. dude. Yeah, the five point one k people love it. Right, that's uh, that's 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 like a George Pickens salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think that that it's a it's a very different value proposition between the two guys because of that difference in salary. I think I think you can play them both. I don't know if I have a hard hard line stance on one or the other at the moment. I I just can't quite get there with Judy. Like if, if I wish he was better. Right? <laughs> it's not a Dobbs situation. Like he is good. He has a skill getting open, right? Creating separation. I don't know what Dobbs skills are. Uh if there are any that are meaningful. Um Judy has that skill and that's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. But everything other than that, like weak hands, you know, uh week after the catch, everything else weak other than hey, create separation and then mm-hmm. and that, that's the one thing he can do. Sutton can do more. Sutton is 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 much closer to a, a proper alpha receiver. Why he's disappeared from the offense, I don't know. Right, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, we 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 could. We're gonna have a whole off season to dissect Cortland Sutton and the great disappearance. But it wasn't that long ago that he was, you know, putting up 10, 11 targets a game. Yeah, I mean, he was. I remember those first five weeks or so. He was in our top fifteen, top twenty rest of season rankings because he was just getting fed. There was a clear sign that he was due for some positive regression, and that just hasn't happened. I mean, 
I think we'll give him a break that last week it was his first game back and he had Jalen Ramsey matching up on him for, you know, his top, his primary matchup. Still got 131 air yards. I think that there's good reason that he's getting that 10% ownership at his very nice 5,100 DraftKings salary. So I, I think, yeah, I think I'd be in on both this week as runbacks. Probably not together because I don't think Russ can support them both, but I think you you mix them in both on your Mahomes stacks depending on how the rest of your lineup fits around it. We got Zonovan Knight. We got Miles Sanders. We've got Cortland Sutton. Uh, the projected ownership this week is so sharp. I'm. This is wow. Great work, everybody. Great work out there, everybody. You're doing great. How about the Eagles? What about the Eagles? Yeah, I think yeah. For our last two games, I think we can talk about stacking the Eagles and stacking the Jaguars. The Eagles. I think that. I mean, let's just talk about the world where Minshew is the starter. He's been getting most of the practice reps. It's the prudent thing to do. The Eagles are a prudent franchise. We'd all agree they're you know in the top half of the league. It's just in, in terms of managing the franchise. Would you mm-hmm. agree with that? Yeah, they're, I mean, so they, they're not going to play him. They know yeah. it's not in their best interest to play him. I think the funny thing is, so you know, obviously the Eagles have the Saints' first round pick, so their biggest incentive for winning this game is not only clinching the one seed in the NFC, but it's. You know, they can remind the Saints that they made a huge mistake by trading them their first round pick and they can make that first round pick higher for themselves, Mm. which I'm sure they would love to do. So I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to have an incentive to win. It's not going to be like the, you know, some of these other teams that have already clinched the playoffs and can kind of rest on their laurels. If they want to if they want to play Hurts in the final game to beat the Eagles at home or beat the Giants at home, let them do that. Right, if they need him this you know a week from now, right, and then they clinch, and then he rests another week, right? It's like a warm up. Mm-hmm. They he could even he could even play just the first half against the Giants to clinch, almost like a like a preseason game, mm-hmm. like a pre playoff game. It doesn't sure. make any sense. They're again they're giving Minshew all the practice reps, which is smart. I believe it's going to be Minshew. Minshew's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Minshew with a rushing touchdown already. It's it's just uh, money in the bank, baby. And he's he's the he's the salary saver quarterback on the slate. He's got the weaponry, yep. the consolidated target share. It's all green lights, man. Yeah, with, I will say Minshew. I'm I'm definitely surprised that he's not projecting for higher ownership. He's still very cheap among the quarterbacks, only fifty five hundred. And I mean, last week obviously he was very popular because he was. You know, only forty eight hundred, I think it was. Oh my god! So he comes up a little bit. He's kind of closer to Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield and Mike White and all those <sighs> guys, but he's still just like by far the best value quarterback. But thirty and, points against Dallas. Yeah, it's like you can you can stack him with all all the reasons we've been stacking Jalen Hurts all season, yeah. except you're three thousand dollars cheaper at quarterback. It's amazing. I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't put past anybody to say, hey, this is my highest own. This is my this is my go to quarterback. This is the guy I'm playing. You know, if you're in small field tournaments, my guys mince you this week. I'm gonna check. No problem weather. doing that. Looks like it should be clear in Philadelphia on, on Sunday too. I mean all the weather's looking great. It's gonna be sunny in Philadelphia, believe it or not. You got low ownership on Devontae Smith. He's up to seven point one K. 
That's the I love it when that happens when the guy's salary gets juiced up. It's you now it's gone up like two thousand, you know, the last few months. Now he's up over seven K on DraftKings. AJ Brown is only projecting for five percent ownership. Yeah, so these guys aren't projecting for. I think it's this is it's a muddled quarterback situation. So once once they they come out and say, hey, Hertz is out, everything's mm-hmm. gonna the ownership's gonna 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 jump over to Minshew. We know it's gonna happen. And I, I, but why would the ownership go up on Smith and Brown in that case, though? Hmm. I don't think it would. I mean, it's, it, but although, I mean, the, the probability of Minshew throwing for 300 yards is higher than Hertz. Yeah. I mean, I this is, amazing. this is such a great spot. I love this. I love this so much. Yeah. I think the, the Saints don't look like a great matchup on paper because, the Saints kind of just like slow a lot of games down. They're very run heavy. They're kind of, I mean, I think they're one of the least exciting teams to watch in the NFL this season. And well, still I, 24 implied points for yeah. the Eagles is great. No, but that, that's where I was going with that. I think the Saints overall efficiency on a per play basis defensively is pretty mediocre. I think you can still think about like, yeah, the, the Saints are very much a league average defense, even though, their fantasy points against stats make them look more like a good defense. So I think that's another point in the Eagles' favor for sure. Uh, Camaro returned to practice, uh, personal slash quadriceps holding him out. Uh, he will likely play. I don't love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought they. Yeah, I think they took him off the injury report entirely, right? He's not even he's not going in with a questionable tag or anything. So I'm seeing a Q tag on on DraftKings, but probably not, right? So the 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 question is, Camara with his whatever it is, you know, twenty point ceiling at this point, uh, you know, going up against a defense you don't want to play anyone against, really, mm-hmm. especially anyone on the Saints. It's not great, but we don't. Have, what are the what are the other options do we have? I mean, Rashid Jaheed. <laughs> you play Olave? I mean, no. Olave is questionable, too. Yeah. Olave hopefully comes back this week. Oh, God. This is not good, man. This is, that's the problem with this. Uh, you, you maybe uh, just have to. What about Goddard? I think Goddard's interesting, too. I mean, he he was limited last week, as in you know he didn't play a full snap share and or full route tree. I think that he's still kind of a guy who lives in the area of the field that Gardner Minshew thrives. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a big game. I think I think it's I think it's what we always do with the Eagles. It's Goddard, it's AJ Brown, it's Devonte Smith, mix and match. I think you go Shahid. Yeah, he's he's the chalkiest run back. Actually, he's looking at his page right now. I'm seeing nine percent. Projected DraftKings ownership, which is yeah, yes, pretty, uh, it's close to seven percent on Fanduel. He's getting a target on nineteen percent of his routes. Like that's no fluke. He's run over a hundred routes at this point. I, I think he's clearly earning some trust in the Saints' offense by now. Yeah, his snap share has been fluctuating between eighty and sixty-five the last month. Right, he's been running anywhere between fifteen and twenty routes. It's very consistent. But look at the rate the last two weeks. The route participation rate, whenever they go and pass, he's out there. Mm-hmm. 95 and 93% route participation rate the last two weeks. And That's jumped up from 65 the previous weeks. 
And keep in mind, the Saints played it in like a blizzard last week. That five targets that he had last week is, I'm I'm guessing it was the most on the team. I'm going to double check that right now. But yeah, he, he led the team in targets last week. It was a 35% of the team's targets at, at five total targets. Dude, Shahid, man. I like we it. got 4K Shahid. We got DJ Chark. We got our inexpensive wide receiver options. You might have to. We might have to to, to take another look at Shahid in the uh, player profile or upside projections. The DFS Dominator tool has upside projections. We might have to look at that, Dario. Hmm. I um, uh, I haven't talked much, but I swear I've been constructive, according to uh, Packers beat reporter Rob Dombowski. Christian Watson was limited, a limited participant today. Oh, oh, boy. that's very interesting. Oh boy, still questionable. Obviously. Oh boy, that so okay. No, Dobbs looking less playable. So, so still playing that. Dylan, still can play Tunyon, still sprinkling Tunyon. Yeah, and and was, I was, doesn't change that a bit. I was reselling myself also. Uh, uh, just one thing on the Chiefs game, I was reselling myself on Jerick McKinnon for tournaments. Mm. Uh, you know, oh, maybe I'm chasing the, the 30 burger he dropped against the Broncos last time, but I think it's for good reason. Denver is the staple of the we don't let big plays behind us they are like third last in targets of 20 plus yards downfield they give up the most target or the second most targets behind the line of scrimmage Jarek mckinnon literally has a negative a dot so mahomes is just going to keep dumping it off to mckinnon as he's done i mean this guy went for 30 plus two of the last three weeks and no one wants to play him or like what is this hip injury that watson has i mean what is this hip injury like what is going on why is he in street clothes audit? Why is he instantly ruled out? And then why is he like, they think he's going to practice on Thursday. Then he doesn't quite practice. Then he does practice on a limited basis on Friday. What was the, what was the, the level of participation? What is going on? Tell me. <laughs> I, let me, let me call my friend who works in the Packers uh, medical staff real quick. <laughs> so hard to know whether to play a guy. I mean, do they know? Do the Packers realize he's 5.9K on DraftKings <laughs> and the, the Vikings give up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers? And this is like the hardest decision of whether or not you would include Watson. Like, he's questionable. And his touchdown rate is unsustainable. And yet it's the Vikings. And we're desperate for runbacks. We can't just put Dylan in every Cousins lineup. Help. We're going to have to play some freaking Watson. And he's going to be chalky, probably. Will he be chalky? No. Will he? Hard to say. I mean, I, I have no idea. What? Geez, yeah. I mean, if we had to guess, I wish we had Jamino. We had to bring Jamino in here. Maybe we had Jamino puppet or something. <laughs> Jamino, what do you think Watson's ownership is going to be if he's active? I mean, you could say 10%, and I would believe you. You could say 5%. You could say 15%. I would believe you. 10 yeah, to 12. Such a, it's such a good matchup. And, like, across the industry, if he's in, like, optimizers are just going to be throwing him in there. Like, so by default, he's going to carry some ownership. So 15. Maybe, yeah. Which means, yeah. which means what's Tanya going to be? Three, oh, stop it. Four. Stop, stop <laughs> teasing me. I had to poke the bear one more time before we leave. I know. That was good. That was good. Okay, so is there any other – should we talk about uh, Jaguars before we wrap up? 
I think I think you can stack Lawrence. I mean, he's surprisingly low owned to me. Uh, I think for some reason the only chalky Jaguar this week is Evan Ingram, and I mean he's chalky for good reason. But I think that with how well Trevor Lawrence has been playing over the last month, I think you can play Kirk. I think you can play Zay Jones. I think you can mix in some Trevor Lawrence double stacks. He's in a pretty pretty healthy game environment. They should do well against the Texans. And also keep in mind the Texans have been pretty hot lately. I mean, they, they're coming off a win against the Titans and they push the Chiefs and the Cowboys the two weeks before that. This could be a sneaky competitive game instead of just being a total blowout for the Jaguars. I think that, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has just been playing on another level. Obviously, we all watched that Thursday night game last week in the rain, got pretty gross, but he's still just making good throws. I, I think I think you have to play a little bit of Lawrence. I don't love the, the, the I don't love this for Lawrence. And again, I've been a Lawrence skeptic of most weeks. Uh and uh have uh, you know felt very good about it. This week, I'm not a Jaguar skeptic because I love ETN this week. Like this is just an ETN week, is it not? Isn't this just an ETN week? Yeah, it is a good week for ETN too. I mean, this is the Houston is not the worst defense. Like their defense is better than advertised, and it's it, it's is especially better than advertised against quarterbacks. Against you know they, they have they have a quality secondary. They have set up a full blown run funnel defense. Is I wonder if Stingley's this is this, this is the this is the week like. You know, remember the reason why, you know, I haven't been uh, too, too run over by Trevor Lawrence is because, you know, in the couple of spots where it made sense to play him and he had had at least one big game already, we said, yeah, play him, stack him up. Sure. Yeah. But just make sure that whatever, uh, you know, whatever ownership you have at Zay Jones or Zay Jones chalk week, mm -hmm. like that was just a good example of like, hey, there's there's common sense things to do. And when Zay Jones is chalk, you don't play him. That's what you do when when Zay Jones is chalk. You don't play him. That's the common sense thing to do. The common sense thing to do, the non Galaxy Brain thing to do, is to play ETN at value in the ultimate ETN spot, mm -hmm. where he's going to go out and have 150 yards and two touchdowns. Even if he does all of his damage on the ground, he'll be great. I just don't get it. Like, why is his how is his ownership lower than Sanders? Like, I have <laughs> just the slightest fear of maybe Jamichael Hasty gets a little more work. Looking ahead at at what's to come with the Titans Jaguars, perhaps you know playoff type game the last week of the year. Like, yeah, I think that's that's maybe. a slight concern for me too. This game, the Jaguars don't need to win it. I mean slightly helps their wild card chances but really their season lies in next week's game against the titans so maybe do they just pull the pedal like you know the, the i foot would off think the that they would run etn bit? more in that case they would run more but do they do they run with hasty a tiny bit i think i think it's a concern i think it's it's a it's an interesting point for sure it's not a huge concern i think it's I don't know. A minor he, one, he's for sure. so bad defensively, though. He could pop off the home run in the first quarter and get there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, is there a pass full or happy? So I mean, I, they're, 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 again, their run defense is that bad. Right. Sorry. You're right. Totally exactly. true. Their run defense yeah. is that bad. Right. 
And yes, I know Lawrence has been fantastic. Like week 15, week 14, awesome, right? But there were there was the the game total was low against the Jets and he was not the play, he was not a great play. He he came in under 20 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, against Detroit. Yes, you're playing you know, remember remember that game? What happened there? Remember remember that game? We yep. dodged a bullet there, didn't we? Right? But of course, against Tennessee, you're playing Lawrence. You always play quarterbacks against Tennessee. That's like the most obvious thing in the world. And and you can't play ETN in that game, right? Mm-hmm. That was the you don't play ETN at all against Tennessee. You do play Lawrence against Tennessee. I didn't see Lawrence putting up 30 against Dallas. Okay. Happy to to admit not being on Lawrence that particular week. Okay. Right? Fine. Anomaly game script for them. Like, just like... I mean, didn't see it, dude. Right. Sorry. Right? Didn't see it. But this doesn't... This doesn't... I just can't... This doesn't equate. Hmm. The ways Lawrence pays off is, you know, typically like, oh, you have to have, uh, you know, some probability that there's going to be a shootout. Hmm. What's the probability that you're gonna you're gonna get a shootout game environment? It's pretty low. I think it's yeah, it's low, but it, I will say it, it's definitely not zero because, like I said, the Texans have been ever so slightly more competitive the last three weeks, which is, I mean, not an insignificant amount of football. I, I, you know, the the relative importance of this game and, like you say, the the Texans' run defense scares me off a little bit, but I think that. Long story short, you probably do want to be open to playing some Jaguars pieces in this game. I think is is kind of what I what I draw it all back to. Like they're probably going to put up some points. And there's there's really just not a lot of games with very high totals on this slate after those two NFC North games. I know that's the thing. So, there's enough implied points with the Jacksonville it's Jaguars. A, it's that... a little bit. It's a little bit off the beaten path. 24 implied points is really good yeah you need pieces if there's going to be 24 implied points you need pieces i agree i just think that etn should be the smash of the smashes and i think that i mean etn's probably the chalkiest right he's i think the no he's not this on DraftKings, uh, 12 uh, 12.8 number seven FanDuel 10.9 number nine he's not right. even top five well, I'm saying the chalkiest jaguar i suppose the chalkiest jaguar would be ingram and then etn i probably agree with you that it should be etn first but i mean ingram's also been on tear lately so i have no problem with zay jones either i mean listen to this last four weeks this is evan ingram's finish among tight ends number four number one number six number five with at least seven targets each of those games averaging uh quick math 10 targets per game so he's the oldest 28 year old in the nfl (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Houston does not give up a lot of points to tight ends. So this may not be the week to be on him. Uh, but yeah, I, I would, I I'm happy going back to Zay Jones. Whenever Zay Jones isn't like top of the board and on ownership, you can play him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, certainly it's, yeah, I just, I'm just, you know, that was just one of those, that was one of those, I was surprised very rarely this week with ownership. The, the ETN one surprised me. I was like, well, what am I missing here? Um, it feels like feels like the week to play ETN. But hey. Yeah, I think it's it's been a 
little while since we've seen ETN pop. So I think there's a there's a slight bias growing against him. But he is he is underperforming in terms of touchdowns. Like he's due for some positive touchdown regression. He had obviously four touchdowns come in a span of three weeks. Hasn't scored outside of that. I think, I mean, if you look at ETN in weeks five and six and ETN in weeks 15 and 16, it almost looks like a little bit of history repeating itself where he's getting those hundred yard games, but just hasn't found the end zone. I think this could be a watershed week for him. Yeah. So the quarterbacks we like, uh, Fields, Cousins, Mahomes, Minshew, I guess Lawrence. I guess we got we to play a little Lawrence, even though I hate it. Yeah, but uh, def- week, def- just more ETN yeah. than Lawrence. That's all I'm going to say. But it looks like by process of elimination, we got to play some Lawrence this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I think that's the this that's the summary of this slate. It's more games, but somehow less appealing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like a- after four quarterbacks, I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah. But all right, yeah. like I think we got it. That's it. Yeah, four four team totals north of twenty five. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense why the pool uh, is limited. So, that's it. It's been a pleasure, fellas. Appreciate you having me back. Yeah, th- thanks for uh, covering on uh, on such short notice. Good to see you again, as always. Same to you. And, uh, of course, now that I know, I can say it. Happy New Year. So, Happy New uh, Year. Let's, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Um, for producer Steve, Dario. Matt, and a shout out to Bime for good luck this week, everybody. Take care and uh, happy new year. DJ Chark. <laughs>